Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, 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 cars. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We have got a bumper-filled episode today, Tony. We have. I'm not sure we're going to get through everything. We'll try. There's a lot to talk about. There is, yeah. I think we're going to kick things off with a subject that I actually don't want to talk about for that long, but I feel like we have to talk about, Mm. which is Litchfield slash £25,000 gate. Uh, Do you know what? I I know we did speak about this, but I'd almost forgot about that, man. Thank God. I mean, it feels like finally people uh, yeah, have moved on from yeah, this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as I say, I don't really want to go into too much detail about it because I'm just a bit bored of it all yeah. now. But I've had so many messages from people Me asking too. if we're going to talk about it. Yeah. That, you know, we try to do our best here to listen to what you guys want us to talk about and try and answer the questions that you're submitting. So it feels like we should touch on it. Uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, sort of what what happened, where this what we're talking about uh, last week at the start of last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Chris Harris put out a tweet saying that uh, Litchfield uh, had had told him that recently uh, an unnamed influencer had got in touch uh, and asked for twenty five thousand pounds, some free suspension kit kit for a Yaris, um, and some commission on future sales uh to you know in return for a video basically to promote to promote Litchfield yeah to promote Litchfield and and Chris was saying that this was kind of appalling and and you know crazy and and from there this kind of crazy whirlwind yeah. of chat began um with speculation and accusations and there was podcasts there was YouTube videos it just went mad for an entire week yeah personally I do not want to wade in on who that influencer was, whether they were right to do so, or whatever. Me too. I think Chris was 100% within his right to, to be appalled by something, to have an opinion, to share that opinion. I think he actually, 99% of the time, does it very well, very cleverly. I think he's well-spoken. I think he's eloquent about it. And I think he's open to hearing, you know, the other side of uh, the argument. But what that tweet did was motivate some other people who are on the more traditional media side of the car world, so journalists and and things like that, to once again go in and say, like, how ridiculous is it that YouTubers are asking for money 
or are are being paid to promote companies and brands. Mm. Now, I'm pretty sure it's 2021 that the majority of the audience now understand how social media creators make money. I'm, I'm pretty sure that, yeah. I mean, you know, there might be some confusion still, but speaking personally, just in my own experience, around 75% of my income comes through commercial partnerships. Hey, look, five years ago, it was the other way around. Like 75% of my income came from YouTube AdSense and 25% was commercial partnerships, but that's majorly, majorly swapped now because AdSense is not what it used to be. So the way I make my money is by working with different brands and companies. And that can be in so many different ways. It can be from sponsorships to partnerships, to brand placement, to affiliate links. I mean, there's loads of different ways. I've worked with the likes of Shell filming with Sebastian Vettel. That was a commercial partnership. That's how we make our money. Yeah. Every single creator is within their right to charge what they see is the right amount of money for, for their services, for their value. Everyone's running their own business. I'm super selective with the brands that I work with. You are, yeah. Very, very selective. Do it few and far between. Hey, sometimes I've made mistakes, of course, but I'm very, very selective. Not everyone's the same, but that's their decision. That's their choice. Yeah. And I think sometimes journalists can get on their high horse. And I say journalists because that's who I mean. And it, it is a small contingent. You know, it, the, the big names that we've all heard of, the everyday names, very rarely make these complaints anymore. Mm. They're far more understanding, far more open. As I say, Chris has been great. I went on that Collecting Cars podcast a couple of years ago. Totally open to hearing how we operate as a business. Well, I don't always agree with what Chris says. But to, to be fair to him, when I read that tweet, it's very hard to get a context of what someone is saying through a written statement of any kind, whether it's a text message, an email, a tweet, an Instagram post, anything. So I didn't completely get what he was, whether he was going to influencers or what he was doing until I listened to part of the podcast. So I thought I better listen to it because he might be able to explain what he means. And to be fair to him, he wasn't having a pop at all. Mm. Basically, he thought that this influencer was taking the mickey out of a small brand. And to be fair to the influencer, if that's his fee, no problem, because that's business. But he was right in the fact that, dare I say, he's taking the piss out of this small firm. And, and he even said that, and I completely agree with him. But at the same time it's completely okay for Litchfield to say yes or no. You know, it, 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 it's the business part. But what what really got me wasn't Chris's tweet, because I'd watched the, the, the Collecting Cars podcast and I, and I then understand exactly what he meant, was um, the way that everyone jumped on the bandwagon. From what I saw, journalists, big and small, influencers, big and small, going on, on fellow going in on fellow peers and and calling them out and saying stuff and then what that does is because you're all influencers even journalists are influencers mate whether they like it of or not of course that's why i hate that term so yeah. much but keep going they ha they have a they have an audience and they influence that audience whether they call themselves journalists or influencers or whatever they are and um what that does, when they all start saying stuff, the general public then get involved. And it was just a huge snowball effect. And from what I was reading, I just thought, this is awful. From when you look at the original tweet and what Chris was actually trying to say, and to be fair to him, he wasn't digging out influencers. He wasn't saying that. He was saying that, the, that he thought that 
this particular influencer was taking the mickey out of a small firm and that small firm happened to be his friend, which was why he had a problem with it, which... To be fair, he was just standing up for his mate, which yeah. is exactly what I would do with you. Same totally, thing. Like, it's totally, it's it's like if I called you and said, "Hi, mate, someone's just offered me an F Type 2016, seventy five thousand miles, and they're trying to charge me one hundred and ten grand." You would go, "What an absolute joke!" Taking the piss, You're taking the piss. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I'm so with you there, and, and, and as I say, it's such a difficult one because the the way that anyone chooses to commercialize their businesses is, is up to them They're to say, prerogative. yeah, as I say, I'm kind of moving this whole topic onto a different conversation because I'm bored of actual Litchfield 25K gate. Mm. Um, you know, as uh, each to their own, everyone, blah, blah, blah. I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm just frustrated by the fact that some small voices were given an opportunity to once again come in with the, oh, well, YouTubers shouldn't be making money and they shouldn't be working and death to the YouTuber and this is appalling another, you know, I just... Oh. And I agree, and it wasn't what wasn't fair is the fact you was immediately all tarnished with the same brush, yeah, which is not which is not fair because you all are independent, like you said, and you all do things completely different. And you know what as well, I would advise you, by the way, because it completely switched my mind about the whole thing. Go and listen to what the guy said on collecting cars as well for sure because because Ian Chris both explained why they put that tweet out and it makes complete sense at that point. And let's let's leave it. As a community yeah. now, let's leave it. Everyone yeah. involved, like, you know, I think I say influencers are in question or whoever's been suspected or whatever, just let everyone be. Yeah. Everyone can operate however they want to operate. I think judgment should be left at the door now. I agree, yeah. So let's move on to it because I'll say we've got a ton to get through. I just thought it was important that we clear the air with that because I know people were desperate for us. Like to I chat said, I forgot it. about it, but you did forget about I it. Well, I... one thing you didn't forget about because you messaged me last night, you <laughs> douchebag, was my Taycan rear wheel drive video. <laughs> no, I didn't message. I tweeted you and then I messaged you. My drifting <laughs> video. Unbelievable. Drift or master. It's clear that you've had plenty of plenty of practice on that sim. <laughs> So go on then. What do you want to say to me after watching that video? What well, have you been just not, waiting to tear no, into me about? No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not going to tear into you at all. But, but it. I, I don't. I don't think it's as easy as you think to drift an electric car. Anyway, firstly, I, I, I can't proclaim that I'm an expert at drifting, but you were doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so a, f a, f a few things which I'll feed in on there. So this car was handed over to me on the press release premise that it had done a 26-mile drift. This was a real wheel car? Yeah, it's got the record for a 26-mile drift. Well, it's probably had enough. Probably think I'm not drifting anymore. <laughs> so I was like, oh, wow, this thing must be nuts. It must just like burn rear tyres. And I was thinking in my head of all those kind of crazy electric cars you see at Goodwood or on videos of just tyre just shredders, all mm. that torque. Mm. Like, that's in my head. So I thought, this is going to be this gonna be easy. Yeah, yeah, Off yeah. we go. All I have to do is just pin the throttle out of a, a standing still. And can I just say that two days before, I had the keys to an M2CS video coming soon. Uh, or maybe it's already live. I can't remember. Um, and it was similar conditions, obviously manual, not that difference in power, around 40 horsepower more in the M2. And I could not get out of a stationary junction not sideways. It's got cup twos on it though, mate. 
I don't care. No. <laughs> the, point, no the, the point being that I'd come from this very similar experience in my head of here's a car that literally, if I'm at 30% throttle, I'm going sideways. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll be honest, and I hope BMW UK don't listen to this. I did nearly bin it into a central reservation <laughs> at one point because I thought, oh, I finally got traction, floored it, and I still didn't. Well, judging by that Taycan video the other day, I can believe it. Well, <laughs> good point. Then I get in this Taycan real drive, it's a 26 mile drift, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going, oh, same thing. And then when it, when it didn't, the first couple of times, I was like, ah. Now, yes, I freely admit, and I said it in the video, I am no drifting master. But and you I, do know how to drive, mate. You're not stupid. I'm not stupid. I like to think that I'm not stupid. I'm, I actually err on the side of caution way more. So I think mm. if I was a bit more stupid and maybe a bit younger, I would have thrown the thing around a bit more. And then and maybe been in a bush. Yeah, been in a bush or, or got a bit more angle. <laughs> and I actually linked in, in the comments to that video, I linked my drifting. I went to learn to drift in uh, Ireland. Uh, yeah. It's one of the funnest experiences but one of my favorite videos on the channel that no one knows about um so i'll link it again here because it, it was brilliant um but yes yeah, so, so I, I i don't i'm not a master but i don't not know what i'm doing for sure and so i, I was aware that i was on public reservoir but the point being as crap as i am at drifting that car also inherently i don't think is as kind of rear wheel tail happy as the press release or your head might suggest because electrics, it's no good. As simple as that. As in, it's not the... I know that you've seen it on... You do have to provoke them, by the way. With a normal combustion engine car with a turbocharge, I know all the torque comes in and it's very similar. The torque comes in all at once in an electric car, as does something like an M2CS. But the gearing is a big thing. It's got gears for a start. The, the car. The, the, the combustion engine combustion car. Combustion yeah, yeah, yeah. car. Agreed. The electric car doesn't have mm-hmm. that. It's just one power band all the way through. Whereas a combustion engine car, normally nowadays these, these modern cars have um, the torque peaks as it goes through gears. So you get more torque as you go up gears, which makes them easier to slide. If you've got one, one power band all the way through, it's all at once. So... It, it it is it's not a it's not a spike, which mm-hmm. is why when you was when you was you know provoking it to skid, it was skidding. Scandy flick, correct. Of course, it's because it's the weight as well. You've got to think that the weight is so low down. Correct. It's the lowest center of gravity on all and on any portion. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. So you really got to move the car, which I get. And as I say, I was aware that I wasn't in a place to really do that. I think I was in an empty car park. The thing would have gone round in circles. And yeah. twenty six mile drift. It can clearly hold the drift once mm. you initiate it but actually initiating it i thought was a little bit harder than i was expecting that's all i was trying to prove and i forgot to say that it's because i'd read, read this press release that i thought well it must be so easy yeah and that's where i was disappointed of course with more time with more practice in a different space of course i could have got it but the other point being that there are plenty of clips out there that people have also been sending me that i've seen of Taycan 4s turbo turbo s drifting or going mm. sideways i mean that's already a thing yeah the other thing as well is like you said there is a power thing involved there as well. So, uh, uh, it's much easier to skid a 600 horsepower supercar than it is to... In fact, you don't. it's not even got to be easy in a 600 horsepower supercar. You are going sideways, it's as simple as that. And, and uh, you know, tyre temperature, the day, everything is all important. More so on a car that's three or 400 horsepower, you, you have to provoke it a bit more. Whereas of if course. you've got something that's got lots of power, it doesn't matter hot, 
dry. It's just got too much power and too much torque, which means if you turn the traction control off, you are going sideways, mostly into a tree. Yeah, of course, exactly. And, you know, so I think it was just a different way of driving. You know, you've got all those things that you can use in a combustion engine or manual car, clutch kicks and all these kinds of different sure. things. And you say rev and torques. Um, and so... Yeah, I, I, it was an experiment, one that maybe I wasn't the person to do, but I wanted to yeah. as, a, as an everyday consumer, someone it's who's not video, by to, the way. Thank you very much. Oh, I've oh. watched one of your videos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I stepped up the quality a little bit. I pressed uh, light. Is that good? <laughs> very good, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> anyway, so well, I'm glad you didn't go in too harsh, um, but it is what it is. I think the sort of the that wider question is, you know, with all of these manufacturers, and I know, Tony, you're Mr. I hate EVs, but... Ha- they've got to somehow find a way to make these cars more engaging to drive. I'm they, sure they, they will. You know, I, 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 and rear wheel drive, I guess, is that potential component and right for Porsche to sort of trial that first. Mm. I don't think it really made sense or any difference. If I'm honest, I would still go with a turbo or turbos if I could afford them. Yeah. Um, but it's what we're going to see more of. We're going to see more of e electric sports cars yeah, or electric yeah. drivers cars. Yeah. And that has been proven today by, I think, quite a sad announcement. One that has cut me deep. Go on. Jaguar. Oh, I saw. <laughs> Tell. 2025, they will be an all-electric luxury brand. Mm. So this is JLR. Well, like so many brands now, we've been talking about the Lotus Illusion, the Renault-lution. This is the JLR-lution. Mm. Um, you know, all these brands are having to change. You know, we've got... All these sort of, um, not restrictions, what am I thinking about? Regulations, thank you, uh, being imposed all around the world. And these companies are having to react to it. Yeah. And so JLR came out today, big news, changing it all up. And Jaguar is no longer going to be um, a brand that's sort of chasing numbers or, you know, production numbers. Yeah. yeah. We're going to cut it right down. It's all about premium quality luxury EVs. So who's chasing the numbers? Land Rover? Yes, Land Rover is still going to go. They're doing five EV models yeah. by 2039, I think. But but 2025 for Jaguar to be all electric, that's less than four years. Well, that does make sense because what will happen is uh, Land Rover will use Jaguar as the guinea pig because most Land Rover dealers prop up the Jag dealers, which is why a couple of years ago they integrated them both. Of course. And Adam as one because... They don't sell many Jaguars. Most of it's like business lease and stuff like that, which makes perfect sense, which is why they're going heavily into the EV market and they will use that as their R&D, which will then go into Jag- into Land Rover. And my complaints are purely from an emotional point of view where I love that brand and I love their heritage and obviously F-Type is my baby. Um, but yeah, when you look at it, uh, XC unfortunately didn't sell as well as I think the car suggests it should have because it's a great car. XF really hasn't. They've really restricted that mm. new engine lineup. Uh, F-Pace strong, E-Pace. I don't really know what E-Pace did. But yeah, it, they haven't been selling in big numbers. Yeah, yeah. So I get from a business point of view, but of all the brands <laughs> to say we're going all electric, premium luxury, why the brand that's famous for huge hunking V8s and Le Mans racing history and engine, like British shouty engineering, like it, it, that's where it cuts me. Like a fine Renault, cool, like whatever, Bentley. I'm like, okay, Bentley, I kind of get it. But Jag, it's like, that's it. When the five litre V8 gone, see ya. Yeah, yeah. But we, mate, we've said this, haven't we? The V12's going and uh, did you did you see that it's confirmed... 
Sorry, it's my, my WhatsApp. Oh. <laughs> Go away, whoever you are. It's your mum? <laughs> no, maybe the Jag dealer letting me know my yeah, SVR yeah. spec is <laughs> confirmed. Oh, God. Go on. Um, yeah, I can't remember. So, oh, in Mercedes. Um, the V12? The V12's got obviously gone. The, yeah, yeah. Um, they've announced that it's confirmed that the next C63 is a two-litre. So they're all going down that road, mate. So they're all going down that road, but I, you know, as I say, from from a brand point of view, it, it just upsets me. I'm I'm excited to see what they could do. You know, I like the idea of a super luxury, super premium Jag. I don't think it's going to be sports car in my mind. That that suggests saloons and things like that. Mm. Which you know, I think it'll be a sad day when we don't have an XK or an F Type or whatever it might be um, from Jag. So if anything, it's just motivated me even more to now go and either find myself a Project 7, a Project 8, or just get myself an F-Type again. Or a, yeah, 2018 F-Type. In Stop black. trying to sell that one. You've got to stop. <laughs> because, you know, we talked about it a lot in the last episode. Like, Should we go and buy V12s? But, but I've said it for the last three years that I need another F-Type in my life at some point. And I kind of feel like if I went back to last year, went go big or go home, it's got to be Project 7. But then I'm a bit like, well, who's going to spend all that money? Why don't I just go and get myself a 50 grand F-Type? But- Who's going to buy it when you want to sell it, more importantly? I nearly knee-jerked this morning. I nearly <laughs> was like, sell everything. I was like, I'm going to sell the 996, sell the Abba. Just get rid of them, get myself an episode. The biggest, the, the biggest uh, influencer is being influenced. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. God damn it. One day. I mean, it's got to happen sooner rather than later. I think I would actually be happy as much as I'm enjoying the projects, the 996 and the Abba project, and there's still lots of life in them. As a human being, I would be happier. With just an F type yeah, 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 my content would be dire because I'd just be doing all the stuff I did. <laughs> I've wrapped it through blood red. Yeah, again, there's a quicksilver exhaust on it again. <laughs> I've cut the rear wing mechanicals and stuff. Oh my it. Anyway, god! Anyway, let's move on. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Um, so, a uh, few new cars lurking around. For those of you that are listening, you're going to be a bit frustrated because we were recording this early in the week and there's a lot of exciting cars to be revealed this week that we don't know anything about yet. No. Um, so, McLaren Artura, you guys probably would have seen now. That would have launched uh, their new sports series hybrid. I'm intrigued. Some of the leaked or not leaked, the teaser photos really suggest baby 720S. 
Uh, yeah. I don't know if you saw that, but like a, I sim- like, might have similar headlights, mm. maybe even similar rear. So let's see what that's going to be like. But I'm I'm intrigued. We're, we're both intrigued. You know, our new openness towards McLaren. Um, GT3, I think, is getting launched today. We've pretty much seen everything, but we haven't seen a proper finished product yeah, yeah, yet. Yeah. But we know roughly what that car's going to be. We know roughly what it's going to be. Um, Bloody brilliant. Bloody amazing. <laughs> the best one there. Uh, and then also, uh, we've got the first F1 car of the year being unveiled, McLaren's, uh, oh. this evening. So Orange. We guess it's going to be the most, they're saying it's going to be the most different car of the year because basically all the cars are uh, evolutions of 2020 cars. Of course. Because the regulations basically restrict them from doing too much. But McLaren obviously are changing engine partners. They're getting Mercedes engines now. Are they? Yeah, so Mercedes engines going back, going forward. So back to the championship winning years of 98, 99. Oh, and all that stuff like that. So because they've had to incorporate that engine, they've had to change a lot. So they've said that they've effectively built a new car. Okay. So, and let's see sponsor-wise uh, what's going to be happening there. Um, I think the livery will be relatively similar, mm-hmm. um, but that would be cool to see. So yeah, some nice stuff, which I say frustrating because we haven't seen it yet, <laughs> but no. lots of you have. So we'll talk about it next week. We will. Let's move on to the thing that you kind of spurred us on to talk about the most today, which is based around Golf GTI pricing. Yeah. So we have mentioned it a few times that the latest gen Golf seems to be extortionately expensive. Yeah. And like I said, we have said it a few times. I think base model car is 32 grand now. Volkswagen dealers are going to be screaming at me, but I think I'm right. 32, Club Sport starts 34, uh, Golf R is 37 or 38 start, by the way. So you can quite easily get a Golf GTI, the people's car. The people's car. Easily spec it to 40 grand. So yesterday, Mm -hmm. I put a post on my Instagram. I was sitting at home watching the football, and I put a post up, and I said... Would you buy a Golf GTI in a pole or something else, new or used, just something else for 40k? And my phone absolutely lit up. I think it's just people are bored. <laughs> no one had anything to do in lockdown. No. Did you have a percentage uh, of, or was it uh, send up your suggestion? Oh, mate, it was huge. So I'd both, I had a percentage and then DM me your suggestion. Okay. And you can you remember the percentage? Have it's not look. finished yet. Oh, here he goes. Uh, because I think the golf... Gone, 84%. Said something else. Said something else. So here's my feeling. The golf, you're right, has forever been the people's car, especially in GTI format. Uh, but it's also, I think, the kind of choice that everyone wants to avoid in the sense that... Do you remember years ago, there was that very clever advertising campaign where they had all these cars and closed the door. Sounds like a golf. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, look, that's just like a golf. Yeah. But I think, especially when you're looking at the market and you think, okay, let's start with the golf. You think, yeah, but it's a bit boring, isn't it? What else could I get? Do you know what I mean? Well, everyone still does buy them. They are still fantastic. Historically, mate, it is the the best hot hatch. It does everything as an all-round car. They're they're my favourite. However, at 40 grand, the cars you can get for 40 grand, nearly new, new, with change, used, well, it's huge. Let's stay in the hatchback market as direct rivals, yeah. direct comparisons. What, what, what comes to mind? <sighs> well, the suggestions I was getting, um, used RS3s, mm-hmm. um, S3s, um, BMW 135, BMW M140, um, A35, got a lot of A35, um, um, IN 
30 Hyundai. So immediately, like starting off, you did Audi, BMW and Merck. So three theoretically more premium German brands. Mm. Used or new, I suppose. New? Could you get any of those? Uh, not, no. not quite. S3 just. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're all significantly... M135, more, sorry. Yeah, you can get yeah. one of them new. Yeah, so, so, you know, you're looking at more power, more kit, more luxury, more no, bag. all the same. All the same? Yeah, yeah, roughly. So, actually, is it that those cars are all a little bit overpriced as well? Is this not a reflection of the market in general? Well, listen, we all know that w- that new cars are expensive. And I also had quite a lot of people say, well, what does it matter nowadays? Because everything's on finance. It's all about monthly payments and residuals. And yes, you are quite right. Well done. That's <laughs> correct. But most people don't keep their cars four years. And after two years, when you want to come out, which is, we, we spoke about this before, which is the big problem the danger zone. Then you'll worry about what you paid new for it then yeah. at that point because the, no one's going to give 40 grand. In, fi- in fact, when I looked, they're already discounting them hugely because they're not selling them at 40 grand, I obviously. I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It, it is a crazy amount of money, but I think give me any budget and I'll you for a new car and I'll tell you a better used car I could get for that money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, sure. I think the interesting question is new because I I do feel like in general, all cars these days are just getting more expensive. They are, yeah. I know we've spoken about it recently, Defender Gate, and the fact that you had one, you didn't have one, one was coming, one wasn't coming. But I started to look at them more and more now, mm. and we've spoken about the fact that maybe I'm going to change up the X3 in the months ahead. I thought, you know, maybe Defender would, maybe that's an interesting car to it actually It is a live very with. interesting car. But God, they're expensive by the time you've actually made them nice. Yeah, yeah, well, the one that, the one that I had for a while was... Um, knocking on 70 grand, mate, it's for a, a two-litre diesel car. a ton of money. Yeah. And that's what I mean. So I think for the Golf GTI, I'm with you. Like 40 grand on a Golf, it, it blows my mind. My first ever car was a Golf, and I think it was three and a half grand or two and a half. I can't even remember it was that long ago. But, you know, and it was great. It was a used Mark IV, and it was wonderful. But thinking of spending 40 grand on a Golf GTI. And the biggest problem with that car as well is that the Mark Seven and 7.5 is so good that, you could get a a year old Golf R, um, just because it's not got the latest screens, but it'll be very similar for fifteen grand less. But it's like when we talk about you know your beloved GT2 RS. Yeah, I could tell you ten million cars that I'd get for under two hundred fifty grand instead. Okay, so so that's why I'm saying like I get everyone's point of view, and, and I am the king of I will find you a better used car. I will. What are the comparative cars priced up? Because I would argue it's ridiculous if the Golf suddenly was more than an S3 or was more... Do you see what I'm saying? If they had hiked the prices of their car beyond the competition, because then you're trying to reposition the Golf. Okay. But actually, at starting price, whatever you said, 32 or 33, is that actually just where the market is? Nowadays, hot hatches are just inherently more expensive. But the... The, the GTI doesn't compete with the S3, the R does. F- okay, fair. So a a Golf R spec is, if not the same, a little bit dearer than the S3 now. Okay, so that's an interesting it's point. It's a problem, mate. It's too much yeah. money. But the problem is, is because... And we're talking about highly spec, right? We're talking about like, because 40 grand and 50 grand are highly spec examples. Yeah, so, yeah. so the list price of a standard... S3 
will be 36, 37 grand. But the S3 will come with full leather, heated seats, will come with a lot more as standard than the Golf. Sure. So so the to get the Golf to the same equipment as the S3 will be more. So standard, there's not a lot of difference between the two. And actually, probably the Golf might be 500 quid or a grand cheaper. Sure. But when you start specking the Golf and putting leather in to get it to the same spec as the S3, it'll be more. So that is a really good comparison. And I think the thing is, is this just signalling that the new car sales are going to start to take a a dip? I mean, we see it quite a lot on the supercar prestige market, but with 2030 coming, I know that I'm only looking at older cars. I'm definitely not looking forward to, you know, oh, let's go and get brand new X, Y, and Z. I I want old stuff. Um, And that's going to happen more and more the harder the regulations hit. But also... If the price of a Golf GTI could be 40 grand, as I say, I could name you 400 cars that I think are better, I'd be more excited about, that are at 40 grand. And yes, finance is king, sure, the monthly payments might be different, but they could also sometimes be better. Because I could go out there and tell you that, okay, your Golf GTI is what, £235 a month or whatever, £239 a month, and in two years' time, you're going to owe five grand to get out of it. But if you can go and get 300 quid a month, a, I don't know what, it's... Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know, agree. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just... It's, it's, uh, the, the manufacturers will keep hiking these cars and, and doing finance deals on them all the time people keep coming through the doors. When they stop coming through the doors, they then adjust. But people are obviously... They do a lot of research into their pricing, by the way. Oh, yeah. And they've obviously looked... <laughs> it's not at, one guy. It's not one it's not you and me. making it up. No. <laughs> I know what. Let's go 45 grand. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is a lot of research, and I get that bit. And they've obviously looked at the market, Volkswagen, and they think that their car is the best out of all the hot hatches, which is why they priced it at that. And invariably, as an all-round hot hatch, it is the go-to car. It certainly is for me. But I am not, absolutely not, like I said to you, 53,000 quid for a new Golf R. Are you joking? Like, no, that it's supposed to be the people's car and, and a all-round hot hatch. I mean, if you step the ladder up even more, what can you get for 50,000 quid? I mean, it's unbelievable. It goes nuts, doesn't it? And so, yeah, it, it just keeps deterring me from newer cars, mm. you know. The more and more I look at it, the more and more I think, you know, <laughs> don't yell at me, but like... Gen 1 Porsche Cayenne. What a car. Uh, <laughs> if you're not watching here on YouTube, Tony is now death staring me and I think he's also been sick in his mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I mean is that, you know, modern cars in our mind, us old farts, are becoming less and less attractive, more and more expensive. So if you're... I don't really know my point. If you're young and up-and-comer... Are you looking at Golf GTI going, well, that's just too much now, like it's too ludicrous, or that's just what it is? No, I, I do you see what I'm saying? Like, I, just, I don't know if you've got a, a really interesting point here or actually a bit of a, a, non, a non-point. I don't think kids, mate, are buying Golf GTIs now. They're buying Polos, Fiestas. When I say kids, I mean... 21, 22? Un, uh, yeah, yeah, under 25, say. Um, because a lot of them... It's, it, un, and as well, let's not forget, yes, finance, you know, it will be competitive. But you're still borrowing 40 grand. People forget that. You, you, the, that's the, debt. Yes. <laughs> instead of instead of buying something that's a year old for 
26. Or if you compare it GTI, a year-old GTI with 10,000 miles on it will be early 20s. So it's like nearly double the money. And the monthly payments will be loads less because you're just borrowing less money. People always think that, oh, it's a new car and the balloon will be bigger. Yes, it will be. But you're still borrowing 40 grand. You have to remember that. So the monthly payment does reflect that. So I, I, I think I, sometimes we forget that that money is written against your name. Correct. Like a mortgage. Like yeah. People just go, oh, it's, only, it's 300 quid a month. I can afford that. That's fine. But on your credit report, it says 45 grand's it worth does. of debt. You know, yeah. you've got to think about these things. And I do feel like, you know, we've been speaking about it for a while, but we do need to do another finance special with Magnitude, I think, just to go through mm. some of those potential pitfalls. Because the world's a different place now as well from when we did that last special three or yeah, three years ago or something like that. Oh, yeah. um, uh, you know, the world is very much a different place and borrowing money and things like that has changed. So it'd be great to get Tim or someone from Magnitude on to have a chat about that. Um, but yeah... I, I want to keep an eye on this. I definitely want to keep an eye on this. I'm going to be fascinated to see what happens with sort of used or nearly new values because as you suggested that I think I've already heard of discount GTIs, amazing leasing deals, blah, blah, blah. So 40 grand spec up, yep, that, that's doable, but are you actually going to be paying that? What are they going to be worth six months down the line? And across the board, there are so many examples of new cars that five years ago we're like half the price they are today. Yeah. Um, and is it just because of the way that the market's moved or is it because they're getting greedy or is it because their pricing structure is different? What, what does it mean? What does yeah. it mean for all of us? Yeah. Well, the 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 Mark 7 Golf GTI, when it come out, a GTI was 25, 26 grand plus mm. options. It's now 32 plus options and you get less standard on the Mark 8 than you did on the Mark 7. So Interesting. So it's like a full six or seven thousand pound more, mate. That's huge. All in the meanwhile, EVs are even more expensive than that. Correct. <laughs> I mean, that, we don't know what their use values are like. Well, no, we don't know that. Well, we do that's it. The scary Te- Tesla, part. Tesla, we do, but Tesla don't buy used cars back. So it just goes to show how much confidence they have in their use in their used market. They don't. They won't take them back in. Terrifying, isn't it? The Terrifying. Tesla army did like to go in on me on the uh, Taycan video. They're always, they're always there, ready to pounce. <laughs> always the old EV <laughs> it was people. like somebody did a tweet that saying, what's the worst? I think it was Rory Reid saying, what's the worst car group, automotive group? Yeah. So I was replacing Tesla, Tesla, and Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> the most, is it, it can be patriotic, but you know, passionate uh, group of car people um but yeah you know we'll we'll, we'll keep our eyes peeled and see, see what's going to happen and uh we'll keep you guys posted as well i am hopefully going to be having an experience in gti club sport uh, in a couple of weeks which i'm intrigued by um what was the old three-door club sport was it called a club sport s club sport s was that good Did you ever go in one of those yeah 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 we sold one so it was a two-seater yeah with yeah, like a cage in the back and manual and and a diff. Was it super stiff or was it all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But like kind of good. But very good, yeah. Yeah, I kind of always like that. Whenever I see them on the road, I'm like, well, that's, that looks good, doesn't it? Yeah, but the the the, the modern one, the Mark yeah. 8 Club Sport, is just a variant. It's not stripped out. No, or... I know, which is why I think I'm going to go in on it. But yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to keep an open mind. But yeah, because yeah, obviously it's not what it was type thing. Um, but the old one, I think, is an attractive proposition. And again, financially... Probably less, I would reckon, than the new... I think they're mid-20s still. Yeah. Mid-20s compared to a new Club Sport S, which is a Club Sport. Club Sport, yeah. Oh, it's too many names. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to wrap up today's episode. There was a lot. We got through it all. We did, yeah. Actually, record time. So, so before we go, what do you think was the the most popular car in my DMs? 
out of all the cars that could have been suggested? For 40 grand. Yeah. Used. New uh, or used. New or, yeah. But, I, but I it was a used Everyone's going to go used. Everyone's yeah. going to go used. I mean, it should have been the F-Type V6. Um, it but wasn't. people aren't that clever, so... <laughs> don't, don't remember seeing that once. Oh, I know, I, know what it, I know what it is. I know what it is. Go on. M2. M2 Comp. M2 Comp. Yeah. So popular. Followed by... Uh, I'll tell you what else was really popular. A35 was in there. Okay. A lot of A... Which is a very good comparison, by sure. the way. Um, A35's actually got more power as well. Uh, Julia was mentioned quite a lot, Quadrifolio. Interesting. No one's actually buying them, but everyone's still talking but about everyone's them. everyone's yeah. mad, isn't it? <laughs> it's mad. And I really like them. Yeah. And loads of um, M4, M3s. Yeah, I was, that, I was leaning towards M4. Yeah. But actually, yeah, M2. It's just everyone with that kind of money, it's, it seems to be the most desirable car. I think it's the most desirable cheap. Sports car. Yeah. So if you want to sell your M2 comp, let me know. Because <laughs> I, I could do about 10 of them now. Always plugging himself. <laughs> uh, anyway, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you want to follow Tony's at Tony Gravel Car Sales on Instagram and I think on Twitter and some other places, uh, I'm seen through glass pretty much everywhere that you can try to find me. I'll be there. Uh, and we will catch up with you next week when we will hopefully be able to talk about new supercars. Something informative. How exciting. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 